This is the Silent Women's Club podcast for Sunday, April 25th, 2021. Today, we are continuing in the reading of my book, Sunshine and Daniel, Seeking Grace in Lost Motherhood. And we are beginning chapter one. On page 11, if you are following along in your book. Seeking grace in loss. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, New King James Version. The two lines on the strip of the home pregnancy test confirm what I suspect. I'm pregnant. My tears are filled with fear, confusion, and the worry that I can never care for my baby and myself. In the 1980s, at 18 years old, naive and pregnant, my life takes a drastic change. As a little girl, I dreamed of motherhood, of course, but not this soon. Weeks later, I terminate the pregnancy. I don't speak about the abortion publicly. A lady doesn't talk about this sort of thing, you know. I hurt in silence, harboring the turmoil of my decision in my mind like an unwanted fugitive. Socially, I can't grieve the end of my child's life or consider the abortion a form of child loss. Though I desperately need the comfort and support of friends and community, I hide my pain. It's better to pretend that my life is all right. Abortion is legal, but controversial. With the candidacy of Geraldine Ferraro, the first woman nominated for Vice President of the United States, the issue of abortion reaches a national high. Conservatives and Catholics dispute the morality of abortion against the pro-choice stance of the first female candidate. None of them appreciate or accept the long-term emotional effects of abortion on the mother. Therefore, I assume the role that society assigns to me, a disgraced young woman who committed a murderous act. Almost 20 years later, I have another chance at motherhood. Though not married, I am excited for the opportunity to have another child growing in my womb and to give birth. Just months after the confirmation of my pregnancy, despite bed rest, diagnostic testing, innovative preventative procedures, hospitalization, and a lot of prayer, my body goes into premature labor. Delivery proceeds. My son dies of premature birth a few hours later. As if two lost children are not enough, a couple years later, I'm advised that I'll never bear another child. The biblically correct term for my status is barren. I don't know which hurt more, the death of my two children or the death of my dream to become a mother. All I know is, The residue of agony lingers. I have never told the full story of these life-changing events. 
As the daughter of upstanding, God-fearing parents, long-felt embarrassment about my youth-inspired first pregnancy would not allow it. Later, as a self-sufficient adult, intermediate-level Christian and leader in my church, my second failed pregnancy left me dispirited. In combination, the evolution of my pregnancies was simultaneously exciting, psychologically draining, intellectually confusing, yet ultimately depressing. On one hand, there was the pregnancy I'd been prohibited from mourning. And on the other, I and the other I could more openly grieve. There's the child that should not be spoken of, while the loss of the other should be quietly endured. One loss to be considered immoral and the other sadly unfortunate. In my heart, I've been a mother for only 28 weeks of my entire life. The twinge of new life grew inside me along with the common expectation of being inadequate and undeserving of such tremendous gifts. The hope of a full future, including first steps, bike rides, kindergarten classes, graduation, weddings, and grandchildren twice flashed before my eyes. Happy thoughts filled my core instantaneously. Just as quickly, the reality of not being blessed to feed, change, or burp my children destroyed my remaining dreams of motherhood. Learning I would not see two lines on the strip again obliterated all hope. The extremes of joy and pain are a contradiction few people understand and even fewer want to. If you understand what's been described, then it's likely that you and I have something in common. You might have experienced loss through means other than abortion or premature labor. No matter the source, this most love-destroying loss is devastating. There's no way to describe all of the feelings a mother experiences as the, at the loss of her child. Yet my story, our story, is not new, unique, or an isolated occurrence. More women than you know have lost their chance to be that child's mother. In fact, lost motherhood is timeless. Our loss is widespread. After joining an, an abortion recovery meeting, I stayed behind one even to speak with the facilitator. She shares that she's encouraged that brave women attended the meeting. This strikes me as odd since only three or four women participated. She says it's great to have multiple women willing to break through the shame of their decisions. She continues to teach me about grace and Christian love. It's when you offer a safe place that people come, but they won't know it's safe if you don't offer and let them find you, she instructs. Prudent words. It makes me wish I'd kept myself available years earlier when I offered a mother's healing meeting. A friend had opened her Christian counseling offices for the meeting in which she would coach me in counseling with mothers like me. No one joined our recovery mission. We eventually scrapped the idea. In my heart, I knew God wanted me to complete this mission. How to do it? was not so clear. 
Knowing how hard it is to step forward to talk about lost motherhood is a high hurdle for such a ministry to clear. Mothers like me are reluctant to share their stories because we either feel like a failure, a sinner, or are so miserable that we don't want to participate in a group with other women. After all, we think none of the, those women will understand our story. We think our individual story is the worst of all. It's different than other stories. It's embarrassing. It's not something that a group of women can help with, but it is exactly what we need. We need to hear the stories of other women who've been through what we are going through. We need to know we are not strange or evil. There are women who identify with our experiences and with whom we can find encouragement. They are our sisters in the struggle with lost motherhood. We're more alike than different. The biggest lie that the enemy tells us is that we are different. It's generally believed that a woman who suffered a miscarriage cannot counsel a woman whose child was murdered. I've personally been told that women who've experienced stillbirth don't want to talk about child loss with women who've aborted their children because their losses are not the same. It's a fake distinction within our ranks. It causes us to turn away from each other when what we need is to turn towards each other. The thing we have in common, lost motherhood, is the tie that must bind us together to encourage one another and build each other up. Think about it this way. Have you ever been in the presence of a group of new mothers? Bear with me for a moment. I'm going somewhere with this example. New mothers talk about everything from the age of their children in months, how to cure colic, the best diapers to use, whether they breastfeed or not, when they plan to return to work and to what new thing their baby did this week. Do you know they even talk about their birth experiences? One mother describes her difficult cesarean section, another her prolonged labor and epidural, still another her smooth natural childbirth with no drugs at all. Despite their different birth experiences and means of giving birth, do you know what they inevitably do? They always return to a discussion about what they have in common, motherhood. They share tips, tricks, cool websites, phone numbers, and stories. There are always stories. When mom, one mother thinks her experience is strange, another new mom will join in and share her odd story. In this way, they develop a rapport that builds up a resolve in each of them to be the best mother they can be. It's a wonderful community of sisterhood. We can learn a lot from them. My sister, you see, if motherhood binds their sisterhood, despite the different means of childbirth, why can't lost motherhood bind our sisterhood despite our different means of child loss? One of the strongest mothers I met while writing this book is a mother who lost her adopted child. 
Her openness and strong faith continues to inspire me to never again close the doors of my ministry. She inspires me to look back to a biblical sister I had resented. My own bias turned my affections away from this ancient mother because she had given her child away. I had no compassion for her. How foolish of me. This woman obeyed God and lost her child. Who was I to judge her? It could not have been easy for her to lose her child that way. No easier than my losses have been for me. Don't let this happen to you. Too many of us permit the hurt of the loss of our motherhood cloud our vision of the hope contained in the future. We let our pain convince us that we will be rejected by other women. We decline, decline the opportunity to allow the stories of other women, our sisters, propel us into becoming all we were created to be. We must stop this, not just because it's isolating, but because it is limiting. Praise and comfort. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are in trouble, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-4. to 4. In the NLT version. The reason I wrote this book is to do my part in offering you comfort. I cannot do it alone. My sisters are here to help me. Some of them lived thousands of years ago. Some live today. Some traveled by foot. Some drive cars and fly in airplanes. Some wore fig leaves and animal skins. Others wear the finest designer silks and cashmere. Our differences span time, nations, and language. But what remains is profoundly ours. We are women. Our femininity exposes us to the horrors of life that only we understand. Only we can speak to. Only we can help to conquer. That's why we must listen to and learn from each other. Together, we have the ability to turn the most unbearable of female troubles into an opportunity for growth and love. The passage from pregnancy to motherhood lost is one that is best avoided. Let's be honest. None of us would have chosen this haunting loss for ourselves. We would make we would make other choices if we could. Yet, we survived what is teachable. What happened is valuable. How we've managed to get through it is admirable. The comfort that another sister will experience from the sharing of our stories is charitable. In the midst of all of this, we learn to give God praise. Be well. Be blessed. Trust the Savior.